Welcome to this edition of Free Speak, a podcast of the Namibia Media Trust, and I'm Gwen Lister. How are Namibian newsrooms, their managers and their editors, adapting to the hard new realities for print media? And are young journalists being badly treated in the process? This is the topic for today's Free Speak podcast. My guests are Max Hamata, owner and editor of Confidente newspaper, and Ronel Rademeyer, who is the news editor of the Republican, also the secretary general of the Editors Forum of Namibia. And both of them weigh in on this subject with me. These are really tough times for the media, as everybody knows. And Ronel, I know it at uh, Namibia Media Holdings, NMH, it's also seen a period where you've cut back on salaries and, as I say, an attrition is happening um, because of the situation we find ourselves in. Can you tell us how is your newsroom adapting to these new straightened circumstances which print finds itself in? Okay. Yes, it is indeed unprecedented times, um, Gwen, and I think um, We've seen this coming for quite a while uh, yeah. with digitization. Yeah. But COVID, you know, brought it on in in full force. Um, and it's it's actually people are turning to media more than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, being locked down and, and these studies um, were done uh, the cause of, uh, last couple of months. Uh, people are turning to media more and more, and they are depending on journalists that are in the front line to provide them with good and accurate information to make informed decisions on their life forward. But obviously all industries uh, were impacted and and media probably, um, well, one of the worst industries. Although we worked all the time, we never sat at home and did nothing. Exactly. We we probably worked more than ever. Yes, at Namibian Media Holdings, um, we also also, uh, took salary cuts. Um, We were informed that it's it's a temporary measure. Measure. Um, And we are busy with a uh, process of um, doing some skills audits seeing how we can use better better uh, uh, applied people, redeploy them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that, we are also managing uh, production better these days okay. to see if people have time on hands, how we can use them in another department. Um, you know, we, we're also trying to see uh, what services we as media can offer to the outside world. Right that we are good in, that they yes. might need. Okay. Um, uh, so that we don't just bring them the news, but we also offer production skills or whatever in terms of... To, to supplement, supplement or... Yes, or subsidize, Correct. Um, you know, the, the product that we put out every okay. day. Max, what Renel says is actually quite interesting because as we look at a time when media is really suffering badly and as I say, across the spectrum here in Namibia but also globally, I mean the Namibian only this week announcing retrenchment exercise starting, you yourself are probably also struggling in current circumstances. Then as Renel says, in some cases people are turning more to media during this COVID coronavirus pandemic 
as reliable sources of information. So that's a little bit of a, it seems almost a dichotomy to say, yes. well, media is, is more sought after good journalism at this time uh, of pandemic, but at the same time, media is just losing revenue and forced to cut back. How are you at, at Confidente adapting to these new circumstances, Max? Yeah, um, uh, it's true. We, we've been affected severely by COVID. At the time when the country needs print, yes. uh, where the country needs print to educate uh, society about how to behave during these times of COVID mm -hmm. in order to mitigate further spread right. of, uh, of, 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 of this virus. So uh, it is also so critical for us. Our role is more critical at this time because of uh, the role of um, social media and uh, the fake news. Right. Because this is where we are needed to, to correct the fake news on social media mm -hmm. and say that uh, no, you don't uh, get COVID through, you know, or you don't get COVID healed through traditional means or witchcraft mm. means mm. and just help uh, understand, help understand, people understand, yeah, help people understand exactly. But we are doing this at a very high cost right. because in order to carry that message across, you have to print. Right. You print costs money. Right. So you 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 have to really exert more of your resources, your knowledge, your savings for the sake of uh, uh, the country. So it's, it's sacrifices that we are making. Right. And uh, obviously you are doing it at a serious loss. Right. Because uh, people are not advertising right. at, at this time where it's actually more uh, necessary. Mm. Uh, uh, the, the, the advertising agencies have been telling us that no, our clients say they don't want to, 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 to spend now money until yeah. uh, further notice. Right. So we, we were really uh, biting the bullet. So um, we survived. You know, um, we have a, a small operation. Right. Uh, in terms of the journalists that we have. Correct. But uh, we managed to survive for the first two months. Mm -hmm. But this month, I had to announce salary cuts. Okay. It, okay. It, it was really tough. It's tough because um, the other expenses, it's not just salaries, the other expenses that require us to... Absolutely. ...to sustain a proper newspaper. Okay. okay. Yeah. And as uh, Ronel also mentioned, it's not just media that's been affected in this COVID, but yes. we seem to be somehow to be affected worse. Yes. Although we've been working, mm -hmm. the paper's gone out, people are on lockdown, they can't physically buy the, the copies. So mm -hmm. the last two months have been disastrous on top of already declining print uh, sales and so on. Uh, I just want to mention that uh, at Namibia Media Holdings, uh, we moved into the digital right. um, sphere quite a while ago. Already. And quite big time. Yeah. And, and big time with, yeah. the, with the studio, all the equipment needed and so on. And when um, the state of emergency um, was announced and we had our first cases on the 14th of March, we started with a COVID show, one hour COVID daily show. Right. And you know, the, the sort of information that we um, brought the, to the public through that show right. was 
it, it, it was very necessary hmm. to help the government in, in curbing the spread of the virus, you know, exactly. communicating um, information. And the monetary um, reward, if you like, reward yeah, is, for is doing that. Exactly. Uh, exactly. The, the advertisers are not in that sphere yet. They they don't right. have that mindset, right. and they don't realize the value of of advertising on that platforms yet. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that we are doing, which is also taking government's hand, is putting out this um, education booklet. Correct. Educa- Correct. Um, helping children at home who don't have access uh, to to. Um, devices like smartphones or tablets. Exactly. Who need the physical Who paper need the version? Physical, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so that is a we've become an active partner to government right. we as media in trying to stem the the spread. Yes, but uh, we're not really getting the monetary returns for the effort that we we are putting out at this stage. Yeah. Well, let's face it. I think media never really gets okay. or has got the recognition it's mm-hmm. deserved in a number of cases like this globally. But just on this, so going back to the subject of the sort of cutbacks and so on, in tandem with the uh, situation that media finds itself in right now is increasing voices coming from younger journalists, uh, which has manifested in a number of opinion pieces in some of your newspapers um, about the fact that young journalists have been very badly treated uh, we know that they haven't managed to get a union together even since independence, but at the same time they feel that they are at the bottom of the food pile and you guys as newsroom leaders and managers are eating up huge salaries while they are struggling. Uh, would either or both of you like to just comment on how and whether you think there's legitimacy in that claim that they are uh, being oppressed? Uh, when we moved to the uh, Patterson uh, grading, uh, grading system, system um, I think it was five, six, seven, even more years, years ago. ago. And that is a transparent system. Correct. Um, and, and if you are on a certain grade, that is the salary that you will receive. Right. Um, and, and there is no discrimination in terms of, of that. Uh, and people have the opportunity to, um, you know, should a position become available on a higher grade that you to can apply, apply for that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, at the moment, uh, we are not filling positions um, that became vacant. Sure. Um, but I think, I was also a junior journalist right. many months ago. Mm. And at that stage, I also felt I was overworked and underpaid. Right. Um, and I think it, it comes with, with the territory. Right. You, you work long hours. Um, and I think you don't always feel that you are rewarded enough, recognized sure. enough for, sure. for what you are sure. doing. But if there is a, a transparent grading system in place, um, it, it protects It does. It does. Journalists. The other issue though, maybe Max, is, and um, probably you do very much the same thing, um, the two things is that they're also saying that the editors and so on are paying themselves a fortune while they're very there's a huge gap between the top and the bottom structures um and uh the second thing is of course that we're not doing much to help upskill and train young journalists would you like to also yeah, comment think, on that i think um, when the 
issue of uh, um, training or salary vis-a-vis performance right. should be uh, we, we should we need to treat it very carefully because um, for me to be a founder and the owner of the newspaper it was not just an overnight step right I, I started as a cup reporter yeah in the when we the generation our generation of Tandemi, Christoph uh, sorry uh, uh, Crispin right and also Christoph we were more competing to get the best story out of there right uh, so you be rewarded yeah. because I would hate to lose a good journalist because of a salary discrepancy mm. but uh, if you are coming to me with your degree mm. and say that uh, no I'm, I've just graduated and I from you now and uh, I believe that uh, I am with this much yes then you are at the wrong uh, place wrong, wrong industry right because right. Uh, that is not the nature of our industry is 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 not necessarily based on 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 your qualification right alone. right it is performance related mm. yes um and journalism has never been the best paid job in the world in, in any case yeah, yeah. In any case, yeah. I mean, when we started this young journalists you we told to go and make coffee for your editor and uh, when the editor wants to punish you even further to show you that you are you've produced you have, you've been producing poorly he will even punish you further to go and just that uh, the cast it's 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 a reality and right. i'm proud to have that such a such a, a background it made me stronger it made me understand uh, 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 and also appreciate the efforts that i've made to fight and and and, and produce the best paper of the right of the day i mean your best copy right for the day right uh, vis-a-vis my colleagues yeah yeah so uh with training really training is not something that you can force onto someone it's, it's it's you can only help a person that is willing to learn to learn yes you can't take a river to a horse <laughs> yes yes if, I if the horse does this not thirsty yeah yes yeah i That's agree with you mm-hmm. but but if you have as a company a system in place we we've got the the namibia um, media training center correct um and we've got a training program okay we've scaled down on that yeah. because of the challenges that we are facing at the moment yeah but um we've got a, a training in-house budget, training yeah in-house, uh, training program and budget and um, right certain targets that we have to meet uh, and it's it's up to journalists to to grab that opportunity and yeah. we've trained them in in also the other skills that are now necessary yeah. to do our job yeah. um, which we didn't receive many years ago when we were in college or exactly. university or whatever exactly um, the the digital skills that we need uh, to make it a decent video or Uh, that sort of of things um but when you you mentioned just before we start with this uh, um, program mm. that so much is done to create opportunities for journalists yes. from from uh, the NMT side yes. from the EFN side where we uh, cooperate with uh, companies to to get in good training 
trainers uh, and, and uh, have good programs right. for, for journalists, but then we see that they don't pitch, they yeah. don't come and, and attend these things. Yes. Um, so I, so I, I think it's not reasonable. To, to say that there's nothing happening. Uh, maybe you're right, Renelle. It also leads us back to the other question, which kind of I've always been conflicted about, the journalists are born and not made. Yeah. Because, you know, and Max touched on that, where he said, you know, if you're not hungry, um, it takes a very special type of person to be a journalist. I don't know if it's arrogant to say that, but you need to be a person who is going to commit yourself yes. 24-7. It's not like another job where you go home and you say, right, I'm done for exactly. the day. You're not done yes. because that phone may ring. Yes. You may be called to do anything at any given time. Yes. So as I say, but there probably is a merit also in the fact that a lot of young interns mm -hmm. who come on board the various media, and probably not only newspapers, other media, and they're studying at UNAM or Polytech and they paid, what, probably between one and 3,000 a month to intern. Is that unreasonable? What do you guys think? Uh, because people seem to think it's too little, and yet they're learning the skills. Back in the day, we would probably do that for nothing, but today it's not as easy. Any thoughts around that? And sorry, perhaps I can add to that, and then we'll move on. Um, the fact that today's young journalists are required to do so much more. Maybe back in the day, you and I, or the three of us who were print journalists, wrote our story, took our photographs, if we didn't have a photographer and that was it. Yes. Nowadays, they've got to do video, they've got to do all sorts of multi-skilled media work that maybe they're not properly equipped for. And that in turn results in a lot of mediocre reporting going into our, our newspapers. Obviously, there's a lot of good journalism happening, but there's also some not so great journalism. And maybe it's our fault. Um, Gwen? Yes, I, I think we come from, uh, we, millennials tend to see things different than, than we do, um, that are more the old school journalists, right. um, but millennials also bring um, a very nice energy uh, and, and something different to the newsroom right. uh, that we are very appreciative of. Um, and that we, we definitely need. So I think uh, the challenge is to balance that out, um, to, to share our skills with them, right. and, but also to be able to learn from them and right. maybe understand their demands better. Um, but to come back to, to the challenges, you know, uh, 10, 15 years ago, on a Friday afternoon, uh, if a story broke, we could only carry it on Monday morning in the newspaper. Right. Yeah. Now so, it's different. But now we we must be with uh, with our breaking news on on our social media platforms within ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah. And and there's great competition amongst uh, the media institutions in the country to be first. Right. But. The, the challenge is that you don't have time to verify. Right. And um, we are so pressed for time that we tend to put things out that are not... Um, Thoroughly. Yes. Correct. And, um, and you only have, can rectify that on Monday when you're going to print mm. whatever. And then the damage exactly. has been done. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that is a challenge. That is a challenge and, and obviously editors have to monitor that more closely. Right. And if you 
as an editor feel that let's rather wait and get the right info mm. than to um, rush into being the first yes. to be yeah. the first and get the clicks and right and burn your fingers yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so there's also it's it's Nowadays, it feels it's a balancing act. It's a balancing act. I think that's All a good way time. to put it. The, right. the problem is, of course, since we're also talking about the dire predicament of print, that we're going online more and more, mm -hmm. and certainly in the case of NMH big time, um, compared to perhaps other print media in Namibia right now, but we're not managing to monetize that content. So as I say, we still are not solving our dilemma of how to save print media. Um, Max, you want to talk to that very briefly? Yeah, what we do in our instance is that obviously it's, it's obvious that uh, journalism costs money. Yeah. Uh, to get a good story, yeah. you need to harness, your journalists need to have a very good, strong network mm. of uh, sources. And that journalist pays the source for coffee, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to look like a, I'm poor. When you, you, you just need to pretend it. Yeah. I can also entertain you even though you have a good story for me. Mm -hmm. And you, you make your songs very comfortable mm -hmm. to by, by way of um, you know putting him at ease and mm -hmm. know that no, this guy, I'm not just bullshitting him. Yeah. Uh, he can even afford a coffee for me. So yeah. let me give you the correct story. Right. So um, it is an expense. Uh, uh, to put fuel in the car to get to the source, it's an expense. Right. Right. To uh, put that story together, it's an expense. It's a human resource that you are using. Right. Um, uh, so, people and it often involves travel and does. also dead ends. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you investigate yeah. and the story doesn't pan out. Yes. And you, you have to abandon it. You have to abandon it. But that's an expense that will not be probably recorded. Uh, so, uh, for you to bring out a good story, you are spending a lot of money. And uh, for a guy to just to, you know, throw something on social media, which has no relevance, uh, I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would still think that uh, it's better to have whatever you produce, send out a teaser, Mm. For the person, for, for, for them to go and buy the newspaper, right. and throw your whole story onto online, on, online, and then you can release the story after the. I mean, for the dailies, exactly. For uh, you can release the, the the actual story, the full story, yeah. the following yeah. day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that way you can monetize. You can get the full value because people will still want to to read the actual story. Exactly. Yeah, after they've seen the. the the That's true. Yes. Also, just to go back to your point, uh, Renelle, about millennials, I think it's a very good point indeed. While, as I say, a lot of them are juniors in the newsroom, it's very important that we all tap into their way of thinking as we try and find our way into the future. And maybe more research is required on the part of especially print media as to what our audiences want. Is it the same as when you and I were journalists 20 years ago? Or have things changed? How do we adapt? That being said, do you think that Namibian journalism in general is still performing a very vital public service at this point, or are we kind of losing our momentum in that regard? I don't think so, Gwen. I think um, the Fishrod um, story, the Fishrod show, 
yes. showed that last year. Yeah. Um, and hats off to, to the journalist who brought us that yeah. story. Yeah. Um, that showed it. And, and, and I think the, the public's response to that, um, I think that we regained a lot of respect with the public. Right. And, and we should not drop the ball now. No. Okay. Um, okay. Um, but it, it, Max is right, it costs money. Yeah. To, to do that yeah. and um, therefore I think we should absolutely rethink the way that we are doing business and we should rethink um, the way that we are um, uh, uh, deploying resources right. and, and, and maximize our resources right. and for that I don't think it will be unreasonable for private media in this country to sit down and see how we can uh, establish an investigative unit with our best reporters, get funding from corporates in this country, um, all that that has our democracy, democracy um, value that, yeah, and, and feel strong about uh, corruption, right, and that we share that stories amongst all media. Right. Um, the different newspapers can still keep their individual um, style and voices because we serve right. different... And adapt that work yeah. differently, yes, yeah. or have different aspects, yeah, because yes. we've all got different audiences, I guess. We had yeah. a story yesterday about the Afrikaans study who turned 100 years. Right. And the story, our readers love that. So we can still do that thing. Um, right. Put the mirror in front of our readers public right. and, and carry the story, the stories that they will identify with. Right. But the, the huge things that make a difference to um, the to national the national situation, right, exactly. Especially in corruption and, yeah. and so on. And speaking truth to power. Yes. To a I large think that, extent. That we can share. It's an interesting concept, as I say, maybe something media can explore because as I mentioned earlier. We come from an era of wanting to scoop one another. Yes. This newspaper wanting to say, I need to be before Max yes. or before Rennell's story. I want to yes. get there first. So maybe it, our thinking needs to change in line with that yes. and adapt towards a more collaborative, cooperative approach yes. in the public interest. Mm. And yes. in so doing, perhaps on the way, we can manage to save ourselves as well. Um, I, I used to work at uh, NASPAR, it was called in the, in the days, uh, Media 24 now. Um, I, I came to them maybe about 21 years ago. I used to work for them and I remember that Bild and Foxblad right, yeah. right. all had their own um, uh, everything, you know, their own uh, pool of vehicles, mm. their, their own um, Absolutely. Uh, newsroom and whatever. And, and when things get tougher, they uh, um, realised the, the importance of synergies, Correct. synergies, and having only one photography group or group of photographers Correct. that serve the, the whole group. Um, group. Yeah. And we at Namibia Media Holdings are doing it also. But I think we can make that broader right. and see how we can um, synergize between different independent media in, in order without to losing our individuality and uniqueness and because as you say we all serve or all media serves different audiences yeah. um, but the national interest should perhaps be the thing where we can all come together yeah. right and yeah. agree yeah but I think that role was very well suited by NAPA 
Right. I remember those years when we started Nampa. Mm. Uh, everybody was feeding off our copy. When, mm-hmm. but that can only be realized when you have good journalists. Yeah, top journalists. Yes. Because you don't want to use bad copy. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Let's face it. That was will. often because you liable. Yeah. Then you are yeah. liable. Whether yeah. you, you, can, you can't say that no, I I got the copy from yeah. Nampa. Exactly. You reproduce mm. uh, a story that is like. So, but the thing is, um, if 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 Nampa uh, was especially in the remote areas where we cannot reach. They can perform that function very well. Uh, I, I'm not a subscriber to Nampa Copy, but uh, uh, probably I can only speak from the time when I was there as a journalist. I remember that we used to go to uh, various remote areas and get copy that would be, you would be 100% guaranteed that that copy would be. Exactly. Yeah, that's we still rely on Nampa quite a lot to, to get information from the those remote areas where you cannot have people. So those sort of synergies, they are very important as we, we go forward. Guys, I'm afraid it's a fascinating discussion, but we're running out of time. And I just wanted to conclude by saying maybe it's presumptuous of me to say, but I think like myself, both of you, uh, journalists, long-standing journalists, and with a huge love of print, which I think um, new media side is what we love and what we would try to 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 make sure it survives. I think not only for the sake of democracy, because I do believe most of the best journalism in the world really has come from print and not from other media, or not so much thus far. Uh, how do we save this medium? Can we save this medium? Can we stop it from dying? What is your prognosis for the future with all the difficulties that we face? Uh, yes, when I think in Namibia, uh, especially our older readers still like the physical yes, copy. The also. Physical copy. Yes. If they don't read it in the, the newspaper, they don't believe it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they, they might have seen it on, on Facebook or whatever, but they, they want the confirmation for this story. Um, That's in interesting. Okay. Um, I, I, that is my experience. Yeah. From the calls coming into my desk. Um, and, you know, I, I worked from home during the, during the lockdown. lockdown. And I was much more productive than at the office because of the amount of calls coming right. into my desk every day. Right. But I also realized the importance of that. Um, the newspaper is in many instances our community's go-to place right. for reassurance, for information, for whatever. Connectivity and, and also knowing the people out there online, you don't know a lot of the people here, you know Ronelle yes. and, and where she's from. And, yes, yeah. yes, but um, yeah, if the, if the advertisements are not there, the pages are not there and, and you know, we, we are down to, with our basic newspaper with Republic K, not the insert market watch, um, most days of the week to, to eight pages. Um, right. um, and, and people, feel it's not worth to buy only that eight pages. Right. Um, but we need to think about cost. And unless advertisements, advertising picks up, uh, you know, we can't bring them more and, right. and better our offering. Right. So I hope it, it will to to an extent, um, yeah. Perhaps revive slightly it after the... Revive slightly after yes. the lockdown now in stage 
three, I, yeah. I hope that, that we yeah. will see um, things picking up. Yeah. But when for the long term, we still need to find a model where Indeed. we can um, monetize on what we offer on our digital platforms to be able to still um, bring out the print. About the print. And also, as you say, print, surely we will survive, but it may be in an adapted different form to what we used to, where you used to have to, those massive selling out of editions when you had a good story. So it will be different, but the importance is that the innovation now to really, really think of ways and means to to save it is going to put a lot of pressure on all of us. And maybe it's it's not a bad thing. Maybe we became too complacent yeah. um, and, and we thought we had it all and now it finds while print is eroding, that we really need to go back and look at mm. what we can do mm-hmm. next. I, I wanted to say that um, uh, social media, I think, has been rendered very irrelevant by fake news. And, uh, uh, but people are still eating it up, so e- this is part e- of our problem, isn't e- it? E- that e- yes, the, the clickbait. The issue of credibility yes. and okay. the news ownership. Yeah. Because uh, I would believe in the paper, the print edition, because if any print media takes takes Take ownership and responsibility yes. of what is carried into that newspaper. Right. This will be social media and fake news, where yeah. people go around and destroy themselves mm-hmm. uh, without any, right. without subscribing to journalistic standards. Mm-hmm. Right. So I still think that... Uh, and they're not the processes involved. Yes. yes. So it's more believable. It's more believable. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, serious decision makers who decide on the advertising pie mm-hmm. would rather read the newspaper and see what is in it so that they can further uh, divide the cake as to right. who they will share the cake with, advertising cake. But you both agree, I'm sure, that print remains very, very important to maintain democracy. Definitely. And I hope there's resonance out there, and also by speaking truth to power and by investigating corruption. Social media has its place, obviously, but hopefully people will turn back to trusted sources of information to make informed decisions about their future. Guys, I thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a fascinating discussion, and maybe we'll do part two.